You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. I have in front of me a bunch of notes, and that's pretty much what tonight is. It's, it's not as preachy as it is talking about the different kinds of things God has spoken to our church throughout the years and throughout the last few weeks as you all have been listening to the Holy Spirit. So if you're ever wondering, like, will the things that I've been saying and writing down on paper come back up? Yeah, a little bit of tonight is like that. So if I feel a little all over the place, it's probably because I am, because I'm kind of just looking at a bunch of the stuff that you guys have said. But I thought I would start with a dream that I had, I think, back in 2012, if I remember right. Uh, And the dream was uh, I was in kind of like a desert landscape in front of a prison of sorts. Uh, These big walls had no ceiling. And more or less, like, the prison was an entire city inside. And I knew that there were some people who probably deserved to be in the prison, but there were lots of people who didn't deserve to be in the prison. And I knew that especially because there was children in the prison. Children don't go to prison. That's not how that works. So I, uh, me and a spiritual mentor of mine came up with a plan in the dream to break people out. Because we had deduced that it was actually probably pretty easy to break uh, people out of the prison, the difficulty was going to be in getting in and getting into people's lives and getting in to get to them. Once we got in, we were pretty sure like that we might be able to get them out pretty quick. So we uh, came up with a plan and we went into this prison and this deserted, unfruitful landscape. And then we started telling some children to get their parents and to line up. And they did that. And then they walked out the front door. And it, was, it was more or less that simple. The difficulty was breaking in. The easy part was getting them out. I find that that is often the case in ministry. It's hard to get into people's lives, to break down their walls, to let them let you get in to the mess that they're in, to get into the prison with them. But once you're there... You can start pointing them towards the exit. You can start pointing them straight towards Jesus. And Jesus will then liberate those as we send them out. And dreams like this, I mean, you have those dreams. You're like, ah, that doesn't feel overtly spiritual or anything. But occasionally, there's some dreams where something happens that just really gets your attention. And even though some of the rest of the dream might feel like it was kind of you, maybe kind of God, maybe a little bit of both, there's those moments where you're like, wow, that just really struck out. So as I'm breaking this child out of the prison, he looks at me, points at the stars and says, that's you. And I stop and I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you wake up from dreams like that, you're like, that's your star. You know, like, okay. Uh, So I, you know, I keep helping people get out of the prison. And then later I'm in this cornfield and I'm lying in the corn. This kid and his mom are talking and then the mom kind of takes off and the kid just flies down to the corner and we're staring up at the stars together. And he points up there and says, that's you. I look at the kid and I say, why does everybody keep saying that? And the kid looks back at me in this dream and he says, because you're from another land. You know, our mission statement here at Jackson is 
in Jackson as it is in heaven. As I look back over 11 years now of ministry at 12 Way Greenwood, I recognize the seeds of that mission statement were born into me a long time ago. We are from another land. We are citizens of heaven. That very much is a, a statement as to what a Christian looks like. Uh, some of the conference right now that we're a part of has us kind of revitalizing our understanding of discipleship. And we're supposed to come to a conclusion. How would you define a disciple? And everybody's got all those different ones, you know, like bearing lots of fruit under the, the grace of Jesus brought into the fullness of who, you know, the list goes on. Uh, lately in my mind, a lot of what's been going on, how would I define a disciple? It's a citizen of heaven. Because citizens, they don't just live in a place. They live by the rules of the place. They don't just go about their own business and acknowledge someone else as being in charge of their life that they choose. No, they're under the reign of whoever is in charge of that place. And if we are disciples of Jesus, then we are citizens of heaven. We live by his rules, his ethics, his leadership, his understanding of the way that the world works, his order, and his orders to us. Likewise, what is uh, a disciple maker? Well, it's an ambassador of heaven. The Bible tells us that too. That once you are a citizen of heaven, you're also the ambassadors there. Ambassadors, their job is to represent the place in which they live. To kind of create the way to bring other people in. We are citizens and we're ambassadors. We are from another place. And so I extend the dream to you. This isn't just a dream for me. You as a Christian, that's you. You're from another land. And while you are here on this earth, your job is to break people out of their prisons. The harder part often being breaking in. And then pointing them towards Jesus, the exit. And so as I look at much of what we've been talking about the last few weeks and all that, I, I see that dream kind of lived out here. Um, another dream that we got back in 2015 was from my good friend Stephen Halacki. He was a student here with us, but he's now a pastor uh, who's helped me create, reveal the two of us, put that together over the last few years. Um, and Stephen had this dream of 1208 where there was a Latino couple, uh, sorry, a Latino mom and uh, daughter both who had been abused um, and they came to the church and they found help here. And then there were other people who uh, were um, pregnant out of wedlock and they came to the church and they found help here for these children who were fatherless. And then they dreamt further that we were serving uh, um, teenage mothers, that we were serving um, we were offering the services of WIC, which symbolically in this dream, I mean, WIC means women, infants, children. We were serving the marginalized. We were serving the abused. We were serving those who often find themselves in oppressed states. And we were serving uh, minorities, Latinos. And then he saw a brilliant white tree here at uh, coming out of our building and a dove flying around it and growing larger as it flew around it. And anytime anybody, I'm surprised how often it comes up that 1208 is like a tree because our logo is literally a tree. <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, as people have often had this vision of us being like a tree and the Holy Spirit flying around it and growing as we serve 
minorities. I mean, that has continued to be a very powerful image to me. So he had that back in 2015, but then earlier this year, Stephen came to visit Jackson, and he was at a justice seminar here in town, and that dream returned to him, and he reminded me of it. So I looked it up and kind of looked through the details, like, oh, yeah, that was a powerful dream. I need to hang on to that. And then... Um, uh, a few weeks ago when I said, let's all listen to the Holy Spirit together and see what he might put in our minds, that dream came back to me again. That's another three months after he brought it up. should be out of my mind, but it comes back to me again. And now I've been hanging on to that lately as something that God has continued to bring back, serving minorities. He's put that on my heart for a long time. And, you know, CAV, we've been praying for a long time that CAV would somehow find a restart. I don't know if we realize this, but it did. <laughs> You know, our prayers would, would a Latino church, you know, we came and we merged with them. And then a lot of the Latino population kind of uh, left this church. Can we pray it back into existence? Can we hope that God is not done with that yet? And then Lydia went and planted it during a pandemic, nonetheless, in her backyard, nonetheless. Lydia, who speaks very little English, the only Latino that stayed with us, <laughs> who Rarely could understand what we were saying more than any of the other Latinos. God rewarded her faithfulness. And now he continues to bring Latinos, I think, back to our mind as we focus on the stream that Stevens brought up. And this past week, as we were worshiping in Spare Um, I at one point just had the thought, like, I'm about to sing uh, Open the Eyes of My Heart in Spanish. Because I feel like I need to sing a Spanish song, and that's the only Spanish song I know. Except I don't know it, so I didn't sing it. But like, it came to my mind, I was like, Maybe I, can, maybe I can remember a little bit. And then at the end, uh, Kayla texted me. She was like, you know, I don't often think in Spanish very much, but tonight during Spare Boom, I just kept having Spanish songs come to my head. I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I was supposed to just open the eyes of my ojos. No, ojos, my open horizon. Abre. Y'all just making stuff up. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, anyways, thinking over that, okay, how does God want to bring that together? And we as a board, we actually, we think we have an idea that might fit a lot of these themes already. And we'll, we'll talk about that more after the board has kind of more concretely gone through in the following weeks. Uh, but here's some other things that you guys have said throughout the last few weeks uh, as we think about the marginalized. One of you had an image of Jesus with children come to your mind from the chosen TV show and heard the words, let my children come to me. One of you, and I don't know how many of you are comfortable saying your name, so I'll just raise your hand if you want to steal it at any point, saying that you said. Uh, one of you felt, uh, um, well, you might remember this one because Kayla said it out loud. Kayla went to visit um, 1209 Greenwood, asking the question, what's next for 1208 Greenwood? She ends up at 1209 Greenwood to buy a booster seat and just feels this impression of God saying, our kids need a boost, right? Uh, Someone felt that we need to take care of the body, both body and the individual. Someone felt that we need to care for my children, for God's children, because he loves them. Uh, that we need to serve urban ministry and other churches around. Uh, there are community center ideas. There are passing out meals deal door to door, preventing violence. Uh, praying for a godly leader with multiple connections across the society who's anointed and called to this season to not go back to a normal church, to not turn our eyes to racism 
or uh, the disabled or people without transportation um, to keep our hearts and minds open to the needs of the community instead of assuming that we know what they are. Um, I had a dream once that somebody was talking about the poor and they made a face on a post on Facebook that said people recommend 1208 Greenwood every time we're in town in reference to the poor. That always caught my attention. Um, I've had others speak to our heart of um, heart of justice for the broken. One of our kids here wrote down when we were listening to the Holy Spirit, one of our kids wrote, keep doing the food bank. It's good to be kind. Uh, they also said, help others, not yourself. They will help you back. A few years back, we had somebody visit this place. And as I showed them around and they walked into the warehouse, they felt they could hear people laughing and recognize that the warehouse felt like a place of refuge. And you may not even know this if you haven't been with us too long. There's an entire giant piece of the building that our logo's painted on outside. Everybody's always surprised when they find out it's ours and it's huge and it exists. We haven't had the money to do it, anything with it yet, but one day we hope that God will make a way for that. Um, someone had a vision of, uh, uh, they felt like there was a mother and daughter back in our kitchen and that they were crying out for the thankfulness to get a meal. I had a dream once of somebody who felt that we needed to go and, and uh, do an event to serve impoverished people. It was almost like a trailer park area with lots of desert looking area. And uh, um, while we were there, they were going above and beyond. It felt like all the art, all the food, everything that we presented needed to be to the best of its ability. And that's often what we've strived to do here. Even with dinner church, one of the things that we were pretty concrete on, if people were like, yeah, I guess I can cook, I'll volunteer. We just say, no, you can't. <laughs> well, no, I'll volunteer and help. No, like we're not looking to make slop for people. We're looking to, when you feed the poor, when you feed the hungry, you're feeding Jesus. What would you feed Jesus? If your heart's not in volunteering to cook, then don't cook, you know? Like, let's make sure that we're doing the best of our ability. Uh, we've had some words of boldness over the years. So those are some words kind of in, in like a social justice aspect, reaching the poor, things like that. Uh, some words of boldness over the year. I shared earlier while we were worshiping this dream I had about taking the more fun and exciting, exciting slide and being sang to not to take the boring one. Um, when we were getting ready to launch dinner church, I went to Somerset Beach camp uh, right about this time, actually. What, three, four years ago? And the pastor who was speaking that year said he was willing to like speak over and prophesy over anyone and everyone. And so everybody lined up. And when I got up there, the word that I got was that I had to have a Caleb-like faith, which felt like such a boring word for being in line for an hour and a half. <laughs> but, you know, when I look at the Bible and look that up, I think God knew who he was talking to because it was a verse about the Nephilim. And if you know me, then you know him into the giants and trying to understand all that and that you were supposed to take up faith against the giants that that you were facing uh we had somebody stop by from a prayer conference to pray over us and they felt in their hearts that we consistently show up as a church uh also during dinner church that same group from that prayer conference felt that god was going to do something in seven months 
We launched Dinner Church in just about seven months, and that happened. Later that week, another person stopped by and told Maisha that they felt God was going to do something in seven months. Same, same week, same word, different person. Uh, and we, we saw God go ahead and do that. Um, we've seen words about discipleship to counsel those that are sent to us to teach them a better community, to grow in knowledge and ability. Uh, um, we had... Uh, Visions about our spare room being filled up with soil, laying seeds out, and people start coming in as Jesus invites them. Uh, and they're not just consumers of the good soil, but they're contributors. They add nutrients to it. They make it more fertile. There's been words about evangelism, uh, that interior and exterior walls are falling over so people can see inside, and we have to go out and bring them in. Um, that if they don't come to us, we go to them. Um, one, one person gave a word that bees are aggressive, but when tamed, provide honey. And I felt that kind of working well with evangelism, that there are people out there kind of rough around the edges. But as we bring them in and we grow them, there's actually fruit that comes from that. And that actually reminded me from another experience I had back in 2018. At that time, uh, I felt like... Uh, God kind of as a lion went up and howled and a bunch of stray dogs responded and he looked at me and said, will you take care of them? Uh, and, and kind of gave me this impression that as the stray dogs came in, they'd have to be tamed, which fits right into this kind of bee vision as well. Words about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you guys gave some great words about the Holy Spirit, which is, I mean, that one's huge for me. Serving the poor is one huge theme of my life. And the Holy Spirit, if you know me, is another huge theme of my life. Uh, I don't know how we'd still be doing ministry at this point if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. Infusing us over and over and over again. And it's always been my dream that we would be a place where people could come and be prayed for and be healed from their sickness. Uh, where demons were cast out. Where people were just experiencing the Holy Spirit on levels that... They may not be able to find elsewhere because that, you see that all throughout the Bible, right? There's still that beautiful word that Marie gave as she uh, mentioned last week where she felt our reveal conference coming up came to her mind. And then the word trumpets and then Second uh, Chronicles 513. And she opened it up and sure enough, it talks about worshiping with trumpets and the Holy Spirit coming and filling the building. I mean, that's basically the theme of of what we're aiming for with this particular uh, reveal conference. There's a huge focus on worship. We play our trumpets and the Holy Spirit shows up in response. Uh, that's, that's the dream, friends. Like if we have a slow start with whatever we start in the fall, I'm excited for what reveal brings in and what God does out of that. Uh, and then as I get ready to wrap up, there's, like I said, there's so much in here. There's more I could say, but I just want to give a few more words that were just about kind of moving forward. Somebody uh, here that's joined over the last few years, came back after a long time, felt God say, I didn't bring your family back to 1208 just so that it could go away. Uh, someone else felt that springtime is coming. One of our kids wrote down the words creation, life, flourishing, new Flood and promise, as though perhaps we're being baptized or something, being made for the new creation that's coming. Uh, we had this 
Uh, word about cherry blossoms, that the church is being offered renewal. And we had some cool words on top of that. Uh, that as uh, Maria said, that when um, cherry blossoms, they bloom once a year, fruit follows. There's a long period of dormancy until the next season. It feels like we've been in that dormant season for a long time. But as she pointed out, that's an important time for the tree to keep getting nutrients. It's doing some of its most important and underappreciated work when it seems barren. Um, others felt that we should wait for the plans that God has, and he's been revealing those to us over time, to uh, get ready for the start of restoration, to prepare a place for people for when they arrive, to let go of the past and move forward. I had a dream once about upper floors at 1208, as though there's more ahead of us. Another dream uh, that 1208 was a tree and that uh, it had been planted and I was taking care of it, but it was shrinking, which is sure how it's felt during COVID, right? But then as I was watching it with sad eyes and I was shrinking next to it as well, someone yelled something out to me, uh, which made me look up. And that's when I saw that God was standing right next to me. When I reached out to uh, touch this to touch God who is also represented as another tree I stopped shrinking with the plant uh, again these pictures of trees and growth that are coming uh, Myesha once back in 2018 said that she felt God say that he'll place a seal on 1208 we will be fruitful like a tree it will grow strong like a tree his spirit will be there and this was during a time we were wondering if we should buy this building. And they fe uh, Maisha felt that we needed to buy the building and God would provide the money. And then she saw a picture of a tree that was 1208. Its branches were spreading into the community and people were coming to eat its fruit. Okay, so like I said, there's plenty more on this. I know we're already after seven, so I'm going to wrap it up. But I, I bring all this before you because the church is a community. It's not just a pastor. My job is to equip the saints for ministry, the holy ones for ministry. You are the saints. You are the holy ones. And we've been working real hard this summer to make sure that we're creating wherever God is taking us next. That we're doing it with the Holy Spirit, but we're doing it not as a pastor, but as a community. And I'm really excited for uh, what he's up to. And I don't know how fast it will move. I don't know how slow it will move. All I know is that we have lots of themes to lean into here. And that the Holy Spirit has been at work for the last decade in many of these other dreams and visions and things that I haven't even shared yet. Uh, or I have shared over the years but didn't have time to share it tonight. God is not done with us. God wants to use us to reach our community. And uh, I mean, ultimately, he's the one in charge of all of that, be it evangelism or anything else. So we need to continue to yield our hearts to him. And what's really helpful for me is that as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, since you're a part of this church, I need to know what he's saying. Text me, beat me if you want to reach me. Whatever you want to do, get your, get your prophetic words over to me. Even if it's just a sense, a heaviness on your heart about something. That's often prophetic too. Give that to me so that I can discern it, add it into this growing list of things that you've all been feeling to see what we can make. And I think, uh, like I said, the board has, has an idea that we're chiseling out right now that we think really covers a lot of this and walks us into that 
yellow, crazy, twisty slide that, that we're feeling. And it's very 12080. It's got a lot of our character, background, current presence in it. And uh, we hope to be sharing that probably in the next few weeks, because I mean, we, we're aiming for, you know, start of the school year, which is what, September? What month is it? July? Crap. Okay, so we're moving as quick as we can. Um, and we need you to pray into it. Pray fast. Come to spare whom worship with us. Keep creating space for the Holy Spirit to come and do what he's going to do. And I also feel like it may be helpful just to say this too. It's a less pleasant word, but you will reap what you sow. If in the season that we're moving forward in, you just are sitting on the back bench, not really getting invested. I'm not just talking finances, as important as that is. I'm talking about giving your life, your energy, your passion, and all that into 1208. It's a chance you're going to miss out on what he's doing. It's also a chance that you're going to harden your heart to what he's doing. 1208 has exploded a few times throughout the last decade because of hardened hearts. We don't have time or energy for that anymore. We need to yield ourselves over to Jesus and see what he's up to. And whatever he's up to, we need to join him in it, whether we like it or not. And you might remember when we started dinner church and we had that meeting. Hey, everybody, we're thinking about switching to an evening service that is two and a half hours long. And we need you to show up before that and perhaps volunteer all day to cook and other things. The response of the whole room was like, oh, mm -mm. nope, we got lives. Until one person kind of interrupted and said, guys, we need to do this. And suddenly the whole room shifted. And we did it. And we lost, I think, maybe one person in the switch. We did it unified. We did it as a team. We walked into what Jesus had for us. Within two years, we finally broke our standard of 40 people and started hitting triple digits. Because the Holy Spirit was calling us into something. And though it may not have looked easy or pleasant, as we walked with him, it happened. It worked. As we approach that scary slide, it might not look easy and pleasant, but don't take number two. It's not worth it. And number two will fail. It's, called, it's literally called number two. The slide is called number two. And we all know what that is. Don't act like you don't. It's poop, people. It's poop. Okay, all right. Oh, Jesus, this is your church, not mine, not ours, yours. This is your bride. And you have called her to be a multi-ethnic, multi-generational bride of Christ. That in her shines the beauty of the whole world. And she might be a little messy. She might come to table with... uh, some blemishes and some difficulties, but it's nothing that you're not looking to heal and wipe off of her along the way. Jesus, we just want to be faithful. And if you speak to us, we'll do our best to have the hearts to walk into what you're calling us to. Your kingdom come, your will be done in Jackson as it is in heaven. We'll walk into it with scant resources. 
we'll walk into it with uh, a small church ratio of volunteers. And we'll walk into it faithfully. Because if you're in it, we want to be in it too. Help us not create something that you're not trying to create. The Holy Spirit, come and infuse us, empower us. And bring about revival here in Jackson. These are, these are your people and you are calling to them. And we are willing to get into their mess. Give us the insight to know how to break in so that we can point people towards the exit. Give our hearts to you. Just then. Amen. Go in peace, not pieces, and we'll see you later.